Somebody, somebody find Psalms 22.5 for me. Hey, yay, 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 yay. Okay, okay, we still going. All right, it means I think we still recording. Y'all keep those there. Just And you know what, Jay, you can put them. Grab this stack for me. You can put them in the middle. So when people walk in, they don't have to walk up to the front to grab it. Um, yeah, excellent. Uh, Psalms 22.5, anybody got it? Yes. Hey, I'm gonna sit. go for it. Go for it, Kendall, if you want it. Take your time. Take your time. There's no pressure and no rush. Emma Sisson is definitely walking in here with a house salad from Sheffy's. No, from her house. Yeah, no, this is like true. This is this is a house salad. For sure, for sure. All right, you ready? Yeah, ready. All right, y'all. Here we go. We're ready. Reading Psalms 22 and five. Oh, wait. Then I'm sorry. Did Did you read it? It was like. Uh, oh man, maybe let me let me see twenty five too. Let's see, in let me miss. miss. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, I'm about to get Psalms twenty two twenty two. That's what it is. I'm so, I sorry. I'm sorry. It was a double. It was a double. Y'all, we got it. All right, now we got it. Now we got it. We got sheets at the back. Sit wherever you would like. Um, and then Kendall's going to read for us real quick. Okay. All right. Okay, so 22. 22, 22. Okay. I will tell of your name, my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm ready. Read it one more time, Kendall. One more time. Amen. Amen. Hey, I, I'm still riding on the overflow uh, from Sunday. And uh, I, as I was kind of preparing, obviously, this is divine communication. And uh, we we've kind of two weeks ago, we set out on the path. Uh, we thought prayer was too, too narrow, too narrow to kind of describe what we were talking about and where we're trying to get at in this class. I think the first thing we talked about last week and if you need notes, I'm kind of get it. Um, if you weren't here uh, the first week when we taught, raise your hand. All right, everybody scan the room. Keep those hands up. Keep those hands up. Scan the room. Everybody scan the room. Scan the room. Scan the room. Here, here's what I need. Here's what I need. I need before we leave today, you uh, find somebody who missed, somebody who was here. I would like you to audibly share your notes with whoever was not here. All right. So we'll go back again. We'll see who wasn't here. And uh, we'll, instead of just passing the note paper, we'll just sit down. Hey, man, here was the lesson. Man, I don't know what he was talking about right there. Can we, maybe we can talk about it together. I'm not sure. Or, you know, man, this is what really blessed me. Uh, let's just do it because we disciple one another. If you were here for my discipleship talk um, last semester, we did institute. Um, discipleship for me is much less hierarchical and much more, uh, it takes many different flavors, right? Sometimes you're the leader. Sometimes you are Mr. Miyagi. Uh, sometimes you are daniel son, you know. And then most of the times, y'all, we're just friends on the journey, walking together, trying to help each other along. And so um, if you were here, please um, step out on faith, 
Finally said, hey man, I'm a little nervous, but I want to be obedient to what Pastor Tim just said. Will you let me share my notes with you? And if you know that you weren't here and you're going to keep being here, uh, I want you to be obedient and say, hey, I wasn't here. I saw that you didn't raise your hand. I know you might be nervous. I'm nervous to ask you. But can I just sit and hear what you learned from the lesson last week? Can you do that for me? Can I get an amen, somebody? Amen, amen. amen. All right, let's roll. Um, so anyway, one of the first things we just tried to establish last week with Define Communication is that you have a God who wants to talk to you. Can I get a witness, somebody? You got a God who wants to talk with you, um, is delighted to interact with you, um, and, and we just got to establish that. Um, there's this really cool book that I've been uh, uh, passing around and talking about, um, Dallas Willard, Hearing God. I would just encourage you, if you want some extra reading, get up in it. Um, it's just, I think it's all kind of biblical and all kinds of helpful um, as far as uh, just understanding what that could look like and encouraging you. Um, in that path, in, the, in that direction. And so anyway, we just established that, hey, um, there, there is this conversational relationship that is supposed to be happening with God and his children. Very personal. Um, and that's what your, your life should look like. Jesus Christ died. Um, and the starting point is forgiveness of sins. But the actual best part of our salvation is that the wall that has separated you from God has been demolished through the work of Jesus Christ, and now you have access to God. So we still at the front door just dwelling on the forgiveness, and amen for that. But don't stay at the forgiveness when you got access to God Almighty. Come on, man. So what does it look like to have that vibrant communicative relationship uh, with God? That's what we're after. So anyway, uh, we're here now, and I think the Seems kind of strange, uh, but I think the second iteration of divine communication is just going to be praise. And so Kendall just read uh, one of the verses that I left out, but I thought it was really, really important. We're going to revisit it again on Sunday, um, Psalms 22 and 22. Um, the psalmist says, hey, I literally, I'm paraphrasing, this is the Tim Johnson hood version. Um, but essentially, I can't wait to get in front of my brothers and uh Make your name glorious and encourage them by telling them how awesome you are. I can't wait to get in front of them and do it, right? Audibly. Um, so really quick, I got room for two, maybe three, if you hustle and hurry. Um, let me just give you a couple places to start. Um, first of all, if, if you have a testimony, something really sweet God was either doing with you or in your heart on Sunday, we'd love to hear about it. Get on up here and tell us real quick the briefest version you got. Um, or if God's just been doing something really, really, really cool in your life um, and you just want to tell us about it, um, let me rephrase that. I'm sure some of you don't want to tell us about it, but we need to hear from you about it. And so um, bring your scared little self up here and encourage us by telling us how good our God is. Amen. Amen. Can you do that? All right. So I need two and I'll leave room for a third. Bingo. Come on up, Emma. Testify. You, you shall start. Oh, I get, Just hold I get the mic. Okay. So I've really never been a believer where I feel like I was like, okay, God told me this or like God showed me this. But the past two months, God has made it very clear. I will be moving to Romania as a missionary in July. Um, and the whole way, I feel like God has just been like, yes, 
Yes. No, I don't. You don't want to, but yes. And today I found out my student teacher this year got hired at my school for my position. Mm. So she's going to get my whole classroom. She's going to get everything in it. Mm. And I get to like, she gets to be with the team, which is just a really cool answer to prayer and another like, look at the kindness of God in the face of making a big leap. So that was sweet. Praise yes. the Lord. Amen. Come on and praise him. Come on here. Would that be another? Let's go. I got, I got a teacher. You can't be all that. Come on. Let's go. Let's get it moving. Move it, move it, move it, move it, move it. Bring those wobbly jello legs up here and get this thing and tell us how good God is. Yes. Come on. Come on. Come on. There you go. There it is. Not see your ride, but all right. <laughs> Coming late. Which one are you going to share? Is this the one I might have a little insight into? Oh. No? no? This one is good, y'all. What were you going to say? I, I've been clued in on this one, too. This, this <laughs> is going to be good. I think, come on. You okay, get you this said short version. The, yes, the most abbreviated version. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay, in January, I was on a flight um, from Jordan back home Hallelujah! And, and it was the leg from Chicago to Memphis real short hour and a half hop and the girl sitting next to me on my rescheduled ticket um, is a foreign exchange student from Saudi Arabia who's a, going to Ole Miss we talked we got to know each other um, I kept texting her because she was like can't get rid of this American and um, has been a really sweet relationship and she's a Muslim and has never been in a church until Sunday um, it was just a really beautiful service for her to get to see because I mean for us we were encouraged by seeing the power of God but even more so for her who got to see something that um, is very foreign and unknown um, and beautiful so there you go fastest version I got Turn it back out, off, off, this way? Okay, I don't think it goes that way, T. That's right, that's right, okay. All right, we'll try to work it out. Woo, that one there's so good, y'all. Just write on your paper. I'm gonna give you the phonetic spelling because I don't know the actual spelling. Oh, I can just spell it. Or that, how about that? Go for it. It's A-R-W-A. Man, we was uh, in prayer this morning and uh, then the, the ugh, enemy had kind of, as soon as I stepped off, as soon as I stepped out of the sanctuary, mm-hmm. it was just a wrestle, just wrestling, like, man, oh, man, you know, what about the folks that didn't understand what was going on, and, oh, man, did, did we leave folks behind, maybe I should cut it off, we should just wrestle, 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 and I was like, man, but I knew something sweet and powerful was happening, um, and just kind of, but I just couldn't totally land that place, and one of those I had saw, um, Aura and I knew why she was there. Sierra didn't tell the, half the story. She drove to Oxford, picked her up, brought her back, fed her, drove her back to Oxford. But anyway, so it's like, man, I'm wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. I'm just wondering because I'm part of been praying for this girl's conversion and uh, seeing Jesus. And it's like, man, what the heck did she get out of that service? And you know, it's like, man, that's just wild. Sierra's like, oh, man, she loved it. She said she want to come back.
Yeah, yeah, it wasn't there. So let's keep praying that God just finish it. Because we already know when he starts something, Philippians 1 says, hey, it's over with. He going to finish it. Amen. All right. So let's talk about, man, this, just keep boring the hole deeper into what it looks like to have this relationship with Jesus. Not, not pulling us out of this, you know, this faux battle, if you will, between the law and obedience versus a law a Christianity without constraints this is not what we're talking about right now we're talking about a real relationship with the Lord Jesus right um, and so uh, how do you address God how do you have a relationship with the God of the cosmos is it just like hey bro you like Batman, I like Matt, Batman too. Let's be friends. Is that kind of how that thing works? No. No, I, I think, uh, give, give you two vocabulary words. Um, this is some concepts that um, was really kind of helpful as, uh, um, at my time at Second Prayers. Just trying to, to hold into balance the transcendence of God and the eminence of God, right? This transcendence, um, which is the idea, he's, he's wholly other. Right. So, you, you, yes, he is Abba. Yes, Hebrews would tell us he's our brother, joint heirs with Christ. Yes, all that is true, but he's also not in our category. <laughs> we are punching above our weight class. He is not compared. Uh, Romans 11, who has been his counselor? Come on, man. Let's not treat him like he the dude next door. He is not. Right. Um, but I think. Uh, there, there is a way where you can maintain what the eminence it, it captures all that other stuff, though, um, that is really important to, to embracing and understanding the fullness of Christ, who is uh, uh, through the spirit dwelling with us. Right. I will never leave you. Those relate. He, Abba, Father. Right. So that that eminence is the nearness, the incarnational. You came from heaven to earth and you put on a dirt suit and you you wrapped yourself in flesh. So that's the other thing. So how do we keep that thing in balance? Right. That he's not he, he he's not homie, but he ain't, he's not far away from me. He is near to me, right? And I just think the appropriate way to have a relationship with God is to keep the praise on your lips. Amen. Keep it on your lips, right? And I think there's a way, even as Jesus taught his disciples to pray, what did he start with, right? What's that prayer? The Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father, chart in heaven, what does he say? Hallowed be your name, right? What what's what what is that word, hallowed or hallowed? What you thinking? 
uh, some kind of high blessedness. What, what else? What you thinking? Sacred. Yeah, sacred. Right. Right. It's I think. In a heart posture, I think there's a, you know, a lot of times this is this is where we get ourselves in danger when we try to um, take Christianity kind of culturally captive. And then we kind of want to put what it looks like to hollow something or to make it hollow it in, in a certain cultural packaging. I think um, what's most important is in your heart, as you approach the King of Kings who died in your place, who the 24 elders sit around the throne singing, you are worthy in your heart. Are you coming to him with that kind of respect? That's, that's the first thing in your heart. You can get quickly to the daddy, but I just want to let you know, Lord, you are holy other. Is that the way we come in our heart? We see the same kind of language echo Psalms 95, 6. Somebody read it for us. Yeah, somebody, how about Psalms 100? Somebody give it to me. You look at that verse. What, what is the psalmist trying to uh, uh, instructionally tell us? How do we approach our, our relationship with God? What's probably our first step? Yeah, you just keep seeing this thanksgiving, this praise, bless his name, joyfulness, gladness, right? Now, let's just pause for a second. I know this is rhetorical, and if you looked at Tim Johnson's life, you may assume certain things, but I'm telling you, this thing is tearing me up right now because that's probably not how I come. Not a whole lot how I come. Right. And I do know uh, there, there, there's also uh, Hebrews comes to mind. Boldly approach the throne of grace in your time of need. Right. And, and you know, those ideas that intimate kind of come as you are. Um, but I do think that, 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 that in your maturity, as we grow more. Right. I think this is more like the ideal, right? This is the maturity and the maturation process we're trying to approach is that, hey, we serve him with gratitude. When we come before his presence, it's with thankfulness and it's with joy, right? Um, let's keep going. What, so what does kind of praise look like? Um, real quick, put your eyes on me. Let me see. You don't look down at the verse. If you're, hey, man, what does praise look like for you? If you wanted to grow in your praise, what would you be wanting to grow in? I would say just making much of God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I have to write that down for my next time I teach this. <laughs> much of him. What else? Yeah. How can I be thankful? Mm. 
even if it's not a need, like, I think that I need. Yeah, yeah. So are you basically saying there's always something to be thankful yes, for? seeing the ways, like, to look for God's provision, not mm. to look for the lack, but to, like, look for all the ways yeah. he does provide. Amen. Somebody give me, uh, somebody read Psalms 150, 1 through 6, and then somebody get 149 ready to be read. Go for it. Amen. Come on. How about 149.3? Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourines and harps. Amen. When you look at those first two verses, what, what does kind of praise look like? What's the, what's the packaging of praise? Wow. Okay. Seems to be, seems to have some kind of uh, 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 acoustic volume kind of connotation, right? So, uh, let me just, I just want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. I do believe we're going to get to a certain point in, in divine communication where we're going to talk about meditation and contemplation and the richness of that that really feeds praise. But meditation is not praise. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? And there is a time for both. So don't come in God's presence saying uh, when it's time to praise, it's time to meditate. You understand what I'm saying? There is a time for both. When it's time to praise, it's time. What you, th- what, what you meditating on? Say what he is. He's good. Amen. And when it's time to meditate, meditate. And guess what the meditation going to lead you to do? <laughs> You're not going to get out of praising him. You're not going to get out of praising him because if you meditate on the goodness, you're going to have to stop meditating. Let me stop meditating real quick and put these hands up and praise him because he's worthy, y'all. You see what I'm saying? It just, you, can't, you can't sit and study scripture. Man, let me put this Bible down real quick and praise God for the richness of this word. What doesn't turn back into praise? So now you tell me. If in your Christian walk and maturation, you have grown out of praise and thanksgiving, then I can tell you we're going in the wrong direction. There is nothing you learn. There is no amount of time spent in prayer that does not result in thanksgiving. Come on, y'all. So we got to kick that lie out. I don't care what church background you came from. I don't care what pope you used to sit up under and he put the wafer in your mouth and what. I don't care. It don't matter. Let's just be biblical. And we go back and you go read all 150 of them psalms and see how you can run away from praise. Amen, somebody. So let's talk about it. Exaltation, these words that uh, the Psalter likes to use, just kind of means to make high. Extol means to praise enthusiastically. Now, we've already seen this. This psalmist paint the picture of, you know, all these musicians playing and be beating these drums and we got clashing cymbals and, you know, uh, uh, we, 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 we got dancing. We got melody happening. Tambourines. We got to get the tambourine ministry going back here somewhere. We got to get y'all right. We got to get you right, right? So we see this jubilant nature of praise, y'all. Somebody write it down, jubilant. I think when we're, when we're praising, right, they're, 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 I think 
there is two kind of connotations as I see it here. And I could have just went through a litany of scripture, uh, but seems like there is there is joy here. This is not. Praise him. Praise him. This is doesn't seem that there's nothing forced about this. There's nothing kind of uh, unwilling about this, right? There's a heart posture here, and then there is, there is excitement. I didn't hoop with Carter before, right? And Carter has come to the lane, and with a... We don't, we don't even call what he did a Euro. It was more like a, you know, it was more like a Iraq, you know? Right, you know what I'm saying? That's basketball inside terminology, you know? Right? And then Carter, he laid it up on the pass and like, yeah! And that very deep and rich southern drawl, you know, yeah! <laughs> right? He was excited. Jordan, you haven't seen it before, had you? I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> hey, all, hey, listen here. I, once again, I don't care what denomination you come from. It doesn't matter. I think the only rubric that you need to match yourself up against is this. When it is time to praise God and not meditate, is there anything that gets more passion? And then you got to tell me why. Now, if I go and me and you go down to Auburn and we go on the plains and we watch them boys play. Now, I just don't let don't let me see you do something else there. We I'm confused. I'm confused. Because I thought this was our sunnum I thought this was the best thing to ever happen to us. So that's the only thing I want you to care about. Don't ever feel shamed by nobody else, what they do, what you don't do. When you leave our worship service, you have nobody else to evaluate yourself, evaluate yourself up against what they do, how they do it. No. Based on what you enjoy, based on your level of enthusiasm, I don't think you should have a close second. When the name of the Lord is to be praised, I think whatever else should be far beneath it. Amen, somebody? Amen. Somebody tell me a little bit more about the exaltation. Zephaniah 3.17. There, there go that volume again. Go ahead, see. I think that it's, it's literally um, conjugation. I think the same root there. But here's what I do know. Exalt, exult, and extol are oftentimes used in the Psalms interchangeably. Um, so sometimes it seems like in the Hebrew they'll use the word extol, and sometimes in the same verse, they will use the word exalt. So it's kind of, they're using, I think in both communicating the same thing. It's either that high, high praise to make high or to praise enthusiastically. And so Zephaniah says that w once again, this combination of posture, volume, enthusiasm, enthusiasm, the Lord is rejoicing over you. He's glad he is exalting over you with quiet singing. No. Loud singing. I don't even want to know what it, what the Lord, when he sing loud, I'm like, Lord, what you, wow, loud of here. 
Anyway, sorry. How about Isaiah 25, 1? Psalms 9 and 2. I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Yeah, last one. Psalms 145. I will expose you, my God, and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Amen. Hey, heart posture, volume, enthusiasm. Think about those things. Let's just ask ourselves is, is that what our praise looks like, right? And especially in, if we want to have. A, a real conversational, moment by moment, life with God is praise our heart posture, right? Let's talk about this. We're by nature proclaimers. What do you mean, PT? Somebody read First Peter 2 and 9. How about Isaiah 43:21? The people whom I formed for myself that they might declare my praise. Pause. And that what what hey, tell me one reason for your redemption. Tell me one reason for the, why you were redeemed, why you were transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. One reason. I want you to tell people how great I am. You are proclaimers. I bought a people with my own hard-earned blood. Hey, why? So that they will proclaim my greatness. Do you realize that, y'all? That, hey, you were not just saved so from hell, but you were positively saved. You were purchased for a reason to tell the world how great I am. I want you to go pick a girl up from Oxford, Mississippi, who lives halfway around the world so she can see my greatness praised on the lips of my people. I want her to see it. Ooh, these people exalt the Lord. They're glad about it. They're not trying to convince me and sell me on the ideology. Oh, there's something they believe and they see deep down in their heart. And I'm curious. I want to know what it is. Come get some. Because we believe there's life and life and abundance in this sheepfold. This is what we've been saved to, y'all. I wish, even as we know, there is a time to uh, give a defense, First Peter, for the hope that we believe. There's a time for apologetics. Our primary mission here is what, though? Just be proclaimers. Just, if you... If you just live a life of gratitude, I wonder how many people you draw into the kingdom. We probably wouldn't even have to print no more tracks if people just saw joy on the hearts and lips of those who've been redeemed. Man, I want, do you, how many, y'all, we work with people who are perpetually sad. We, we are neighbors with people who are recluse, who don't come out the house. They don't want more information. They want joy. I want to be happy again. Oh, what would it look like if God's people were happy in him, glad in him, rejoiced in him? God says, I, I purchased you to proclaim my greatness. But look at Isaiah 61. What, anybody know anything about Isaiah 61? Isaiah 61 and 5. 
Mm, pause, the year of the Lord's favor. So what we know, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah is in the New Testament, right? All right, there you go. Isaiah in the Old Testament and Isaiah is a minor prophet. He's a major prophet because he was more important than the other prophets, right? No, why was he a major prophet? Because the length of the writing, right? So Isaiah, um, one of the things that the prophets do and one of the things that our Bible does as we kind of tie it together, um, especially around Christmas time, we focus on a lot of what kind of prophecies? Messianic prophecies, right? And so Isaiah 61 is one of those messianic prophecies, right, of an anointed one. How do we know that Isaiah 61 was about uh, the anointed one, Jesus? Because one of Jesus' first interactions in the temple. He goes and gets the scroll written by Isaiah. He pulls it out. He starts reading. He says, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Mic drop. <laughs> what? We didn't have all kind of rabbis and people run through here. Ain't nobody ever picked up the scroll and said, I'm basically what this scroll is about. Come on, y'all. So Jesus says this. And so when he says it, he is basically forecasting his messianic ministry. He's telling all of the people what the Messiah will come and do. Now, with that being in context, tell me what the Messiah is here to do. Somebody read it. Isaiah 61, 3. anybody been in this room been given beauty for the ashes joy for your morning anybody in here been comforted this is this is our hope as redeemed ones this is what we say the messiah has done for us oh so much more than forgiven sins oh he's given us life y'all that we get to live now if this is not our testimony we get, come talk to me seriously we gotta unpack this we got to understand this because I am just I told you, I am not at a stage in my life where I can I just can't afford to live beneath what the Bible says I can have. I can't. There's no way I can function. Life is too hard. This either got to be true or it ain't true. I'm hanging on to this. So you think it's hard if you've been consoled, if you've been given beauty, if you've been given joy, if you've been given the give me your heaviness and let me give you some new threads. Let me give you the garment of praise. Now, if this is true for you, do you think that would be hard for you to be a proclaimer? No, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. If this is true and we're leaning into it, our new nature as proclaimers, as those who've been comforted and, and given joy, and it should be a little natural for us to proclaim the excellencies. What we're talking about is how do we form and maintain a conversational relationship with God? I think it just starts first with how do you want to be talked to? How should we come and approach you? Well, we got that. Can we just start first? You're just 
Some of y'all do it. Some of y'all are just so amazing. I've seen people approach you and it's almost like, man, they greet you. Sometimes I watch y'all in church, y'all greet each other and people just so blown away. I think like Thea, they're coming up to Thea and they're like, hey Thea, how you been? And then they just quickly from how you've been, you're so awesome. They just, they just cut off the rest of the conversational mumbo. Girl, I'm just so grateful for you. I just want to bless you. I just, I just want to tell you. I'm so thankful for your friendship. I'm thankful for your life. I just, I, I, there's nothing else I want to talk about. I just want to tell you. I want to affirm you. I want to tell you I see you and I've rightly appraised you. You are a blessing to my life. I wonder. The praise is not supposed to be religious. I don't want you to think about praise as something that you got to check off the block. Man, we should be praying. No, I'm do you see the natural progression? If, if you are really living into and lean on that identity of who God is and what he's done, and you're just overflowing with gratitude when you come to God. Yes, you might have things you want to talk about, but you can't talk about them because you're so busy concentrating. Well, before I get to my job, I want to tell you how good you are. And I'm just stuck right there. We'll get to that later. But man, you're awesome. I just thank you for the breath in my body. I thank you for the person to the left and the right. God, you're worthy. You're so faithful. We'll get to the other stuff, God. But I got to tell you, I'm in love with you. I'm fixated on you. You got me. When's the last time you just took some extended time to bless him? I don't want nothing from you. I'm good. I trust you, actually. But I just want to bless you. So I think praise is really relational language. I think it's so important to our conversational relationship with God because I think it's evidence that what we have with God is not transactional. I'm not, oh man, you know, I got to have quiet time so I can hopefully I won't feel shameful when I ask God about the next thing I got. And hopefully, you know, well, I... I've prayed. I've been in my word. See, that, that's a transactional relationship, and that's anti-gospel, y'all. You want to talk about religion and works? That's what we got away from. You want to talk about having a, a father? I, I get embarrassed when my daughter will just bust up in this room at any moment and just ask, Why? She just trusts the relationship. She don't ever try to dress herself up. She don't care what she did two minutes ago. <laughs> she don't care what she did two hours ago. She could have just got out of timeout. Daddy, can I get some marshmallows? Girl, you just got out of timeout. Do you have no shame? None. <laughs> she trusts that relationship. She knows I love her deeply. Do you know that? Are you still trying to put God in your pocket? Are you ready to just come? Just come. Just come in that presence. Test out the strength of that relationship. And let's bless God. I love that language from Luke 24, 53. They were continually in the temple blessing God. I just had to include it. Somebody read Exodus 15 and 2. 
Mm. Mm. How about Ephesians 5, 19? Yeah. How about uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 15? What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Yeah. Would you, uh, Exodus 15 is a, uh, a psalm from uh, Moses and Miriam. It's so beautiful. What would y'all like about Anything stick out to you about Exodus 15? The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God. I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Think. Yeah. I love, I don't memorize a whole lot of songs. Y'all can probably tell when I get really excited and I want to praise and I want to lead y'all in praise. Some of the greatest avenue debacles is me trying to search for words like, oh, shoot, I start a song and it's like, in Christ alone. <laughs> but one of the songs that I do have in my back pocket is here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. I, I, I think it's my, my song because it's so personal. It's so personal. I love this from what Thea is saying is Mary, Mary and Moses. The Lord is my strength. He's my song. He's become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him. You could sit there and watch me, but I'm going to praise my God. See, I grew, we grew up in this church. I don't know what you come to do. <laughs> that's what, that's the, our songs that we would sing. And, you could, and they would just say that. I, you could just sit there and watch me. My God's been too good. So enjoy yourself, but I'm going in. That's just kind of where we kind of came from. But I love it. It captures this personal nature. And I, and I think it also calls us into personal accountability that it really, when we worship corporately or privately, there's no, really no excuses for your praise. Because everything is predicated on your personal experience. Is he your salvation? Is he your strength and your song? I love Ephesians 5.19, which Paul seems, who wrote, who wrote, who wrote 1 Corinthians? Who wrote Ephesians? Oh. Uh, Y'all do know this is we're nerding out a little bit and sometimes who wrote Hebrews? We don't know. People would assume that it would have been Paul because he wrote so much, so many other letters. What's one of the reasons why most people are pretty certain he didn't write it? Yeah, his common phrases, his greeting, his salutations, those things that don't kind of seem to match. Isn't this crazy, though? Look, we address one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord within your heart. What am I to do? I'll pray with my spirit, but I'll pray with my mind also. I will sing praises with my spirit. Just, it's, a, it's clearly a theme here that there's, there's this kind of internal posture. I got, I'm making melody to the Lord in my heart. I'm singing with my spirit. Um, I think it's, once again, uh, Brian, I think we're the, we the only people who would CCM, ever be on my lips, ever be, is that, is that a song y'all know? Yeah. Somebody, yeah, 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 don't repeat it. 
Hey, this, you know, this is Brian's former youth pastor days. You know what I'm saying, right? But um, I do think we've been talking about, we've been talking about what it looks like to exalt, what it looks like to extol this volume, the gladness, the enthusiasm. But I think it start if, if you don't want, there are people, Thea and I come from backgrounds where people could literally come from the parking lot. Girl, you ugly, your mama ugly, and I slap them, slap you, and you know what? Ooh, I can't stand the way her hair look, and then all of a sudden, duh, duh, mm. <laughs> we come from that. We know that the worst part of where we come from, we know the worst part of where we come from, check me out now, are people who, who can mimic the behavior of praise. It's like, man. You were just rolling around on the ground, and then we, we just left, and you were, ooh, ungrateful, nasty. To, like, hold on. Like, that don't. Because genuine praise, I think, starts from that heart posture. It's making melody in your heart. It's singing to God in my spirit. And then when it's time, it just overflows. It's just a natural progression. I've been, I've been basting. I've been simmering in gratitude. That's why when we started with Psalms 22 and 22, I can't wait to get before my brothers and praise God. You can't turn this thing off and turn it on. It's God. Your praise has really got to be a lifestyle. And no, that doesn't mean you got to be in Elwood Shack talking about, here I am to worship. No, no, that don't mean that. But it does mean when you get that brisket taco and you put a little bit of the barbecue sauce on it. You know, you know, you know, actually that it was a post apostolic idea. Pretty sure that they didn't, Jews did not bless their food before they ate. They thank God after they ate it. They savored and they say, so God, I thank you. Oh God, I thank you. You want to talk about a healthy lifestyle rhythm? Slow down. I mean, if you slow down, you could be thankful that the computer turned on. If you if you could slow down, you some of us literally have broken out in the praise because the car turned over. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. How do we build this into our lifestyle? Not just carving out times of three hours worth of meditation. A dialogical conversational relationship with Jesus, it, it just 
oozing with praise and gratitude and thanksgiving. And I think we just got to slow down. Because what, what y'all said is true. There's so, Emma, there's so many things to be grateful for. That, that old hymn writer said, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. Let's push on. And here, here's the truth. We live in this broken world. I mean, we're surrounded by brokenness on every side. We live incredibly hard and complex lives. And so if our, if, 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 if our praise and our conversation with God is just predicated on what we're experiencing and feeling, of course it'll be dry because it's just hard. Can I get a witness on my? <laughs> like we are, y'all. Ooh, Lord, Jesus. Here we are. But we know we live by faith. That confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. It goes on to say in Hebrews that without that faith, it is absolutely, unequivocally impossible to please God. If your life is so tethered to the tangible, you won't have a reason to be grateful. You won't see it. You can't see it. You're so, you're so immersed in what you see that you cannot possibly have joy and gratitude. So the joy has got to be And Check me out now. If you are not living by faith, then your praise will be religious. You, all you will do is you'll hear the call to worship and you'll be like, man, it's time to praise. But it's not how you genuinely feel. You know what I'm saying? And you can't you can't you can't redirect yourself. So you're just doing what you've been told to do. Right. And so the challenge is not not to merely just praise because I've been told to praise. I think you've got to make a quick detour before you're obedient to, to that command. You've got to detour to a posture of faith and connect by God through the spirit in faith for things and realities and truths that you might not be feeling, you might not be experiencing, you might not be seeing, but I can praise him because in faith, I know these things are true. I know it is well with my soul. I know that he is high and exalted and seated on the throne. I know that he is currently now seated at the right hand of the father making intercession. This is true because I see it. No, because I believe it, y'all. And you got to you literally have to cut that neural pathway off and you got to redirect that thing. You got to literally take it another way. I love this out of Habakkuk. Somebody read it for us. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vine, even though the olive crop fails, the fields lie empty and bare. Even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Oh God. Oh, y'all. That's the Old Testament living by faith. No blossoms, no grapes, no crops. It's empty, it's barren. But what, what, what is he saying? Yet. <laughs> because what's the reality, though? It's not there. Oh, but I can still rejoice 
because I'm connected to God through faith. Hebrews 13, 15, through Jesus, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips that openly profess his name. A lot of times praise will feel like a sacrifice and getting into that space and having to divert and how, having to wrestle with the reality that there are no crops in, but I've got to make a decision here. Do I do I dwell here where there's no crops and no fruit and no sign of life and no promise and it's just hard? Or do I choose to believe? What is that? Psalm 27. I choose to believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Y'all praise is a choice is what I'm saying. And it is a choice that the people of God make based on faith over reality and feelings. Praise invites God in, y'all. Um, we've, I've heard this a thousand times, but you are holy, you who inhabit the praises of Israel, Psalms 22 and 3. Let me tell you what I, big O word, um, what are the three big O words in reference to God's incommunicable attributes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, hey, all right, well, let's pause real quick. If I if I said this, this, the incommunicable attributes of God versus the communicable attributes of God, what what, what guess would you make? Which are which? Yeah. Uh, no, no, not the definition. Like, what's the difference? Yes. Generosity, love, kindness, care. Right. Right. The communicable ones. These are the ones that we can adopt from God the Father and demonstrate the incommunicable ones are what? The ones that he and him alone in the Godhead possess. None of, no, no, none, neither one of us can be omnipresent, omniscient, or omnipotent. Y'all know what those big O's are? What's omnipotent? All powerful. What's omniscient? All knowing, right? Omnipresent. He's everywhere. Now we know God is omnipresent. So moments like Sunday, moments like Sunday, um, God's always present with us. He's been present with us for three and a half years at every worship service. But when you kind of quantify, you go tell your grandma, uh, girl, how was church? Grandma, it was so good. Let me just tell you what happened. How do you try to explain to grandma what happens at one service versus the difference between another? Because God's present at them all, right? What do you think? Well, it's homework. Write down the word Shekinah. Yes, I'm sorry. Shekinah. <laughs> S-H-E-K-I-N-A-H. I'm going to tell you what it is, but then I'd love for you to just find some scriptures that kind of would correspond. So you would have to maybe go to Bible.com in the search engine on BibleHub.com. Biblehub.com is the one I use most frequently because it's got a concordance in it. So if you put in Shekinah, it'll immediately give you a drop down list of probably definitions and where where that Hebrew word was used and do 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 do. And you can just kind of chase it. Um, but it's God's weighty presence. So God's omnipresent. But then there is kind of like when Pastor Tim just put on a fresh application of his cheap cologne. 
It's like black ham. It's like, oh, sometimes we smell them, but now we really smell them. Yeah, it's, it's a little weighty. It's like, ooh, somebody get our pastor. I'm about to choke and die. I just want to let you know, that's my goal. That's my goal for when I apply my, David, let me help you, bro. When I try, when you put on cologne, I want, I want when you leave me, you smell like me. <laughs> that's my goal. Man, why I smell like Pastor Tim? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's read uh, 2 Chronicles 5.13, and let's, let's add some context. The trumpeters and singers perform together in unison, praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raise their voices and praise the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the That's what he did. He said nothing else don't need to be said. What's understood don't need to be said. Sometimes I think we ought to expect that to happen sometimes. It's like, okay. We don't need your little exposition. I'll just speak for myself through my presence. I think you should expect that to happen in your life as you praise. But once again, praise seemed to be, it's not a direct correlation that every time you praise God's manifest presence, his weightiness comes in, but it, seems, it certainly seems to be the atmosphere that was conducive for God uh, to come a little more near. I don't like, I don't like, neither of you do, like being places you're not wanted. Why would God? I don't, I'm kind of really quirky. I'm slow, so I'm, I don't, sarcasm is like not my, really my jam. So I'm like, are you joking on me? I'm not real sure, so let me just go away. You know, I'm not, you know. But it just, it's the warmth. I like being around people who like being around me and who don't mind saying it either. Come on, bro, come on over. Be here, my boy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, you do too, don't you? I was like, man, in that atmosphere of praise, you feel God near. God, I don't think God, he's not going to bowl you over with his weightiness if you don't want him to. That James says, if you draw near to him, what will he do? Draw nigh to you. So do you set that atmosphere like, God, I, come on, get up in this car. Come on in the shower. Let me praise Gina is tired of my shower ministry. Me and Gina. <laughs> get a little wild. Right. Prayer established, uh, praise establishes a strong connection. James 4, 7, submit yourselves to, then to God. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. I think that's just a good principle in all of life, you are not powerless against the evil one. Swing on him. <laughs> That's all I mean. Swing on him. You do not have to sit there and be helpless with the evil one. Swing on him. 
boom, resist him. Go exegete the scripture for yourself. I don't even know exactly what James meant by resist. I got a whole bunch of ideas. Whatever you think resisting look like, do it. Run away, push him, punch him. Don't receive the lies. I think it was so funny. I was this morning. I was telling Sierra was like how the enemy was trying to mess with me on Sunday evening. She was like before church started. She's sitting there with a friend and enemy's trying to wrestle mess with her. She's like, eh. and it's like no, and I, I, no, no. I'm praising, and I will tell you, as you positively fix yourself to praise. I, Y'all know that song by, um, well, it's one song featuring Natalie Grant, Maverick City and them did for Christmas. And uh, she says that there's a study that says literally, um, a secular study that it's, it's hard or near impossible for anxiety to live where gratitude is. So man, I'm, I'm rewiring and working it. I know what the reality is. I know what the devil is trying to tell me about my situation. What do you think the devil had to say in Habakkuk about those vines and grapes and fig trees and land? Now you tell me how bad that devil was probably wearing that brother out. Ain't no crops, ain't gonna never be no crops. Ain't no grapes, your God has forsaken you. You might as well shrivel up and die and fold it up. Some of y'all are in the midst of the enemy sitting there and lying to you and telling you, Ezekiel, these dry bones will never live. So what do you do, y'all? I say, you better praise your way out of it. You better take the truth you know and say, my choice here, though, is to believe what I believe to be true. God is truth. That's what that's what Pilate. What is truth? Jesus is truth. And whatever he says is true. And that's what I will believe. And that's how we resist that devil. I'll skip past 1 Samuel 16, 23, though. It's, it's pretty cool. I think uh, I won't skip past it. <laughs> 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 but it's just that story. Uh, Saul's tormented by the spirit. David comes, he plays a harp. I do believe that, obviously, it's, it's not ironic that music in the Psalter. The Psalter was put to meter and song, right? It's not inconsequential that this guy's playing the harp. I'm sh I, my Holy Ghost imagination would probably, David's probably singing scripture and truth over that too. Uh, and so uh, I do think there's a, something powerful about praise. And we, we can go a million different directions. We could go with um, Jehoshaphat and that great army send Judah first and literally as these people started praising the enemy started fighting each other we could go to Acts and we could talk about Paul and Silas singing in the middle of the jail and all of a sudden shackles falling off and be praise is a powerful weapon y'all but that's not we don't want you to use praise for the transaction I'm just saying some of the added benefits but when you listen to me I think my heart behind that particular bullet was when when you feel your relationship with God, your connection, connection with God as the most staticky or the having the most interference. Don't try to pray your way through it. Praise your way through it. Whatever song you got on your heart, 
whatever, immediately get in it and fill your heart with gratitude and joy in God. And let that be the springboard by which you re-engage. You know, me and Gina, we having a bad week. I'm not coming back in there like, hey, babe, put the kids to bed. No, it better be some affirmation. <laughs> we, can, we won't get that thing re-engaged. It better be some, some affirmation going back on. It better be some, some re-engagement going back on. It better be some celebration going back on first that, that welcomes that nearness. Let's finish like this. How do we live our lives? I think Paul, once again, as he is trying to form the New Testament believer, what's he tell them in 1 Thessalonians? What does he tell the church at Thessalonica? How many times? Always. Okay, then. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, Thea. But when I'm, I'm hurting, I'm exempt. Huh? Okay. It can't be the will of God, Thea. Oh. This is the what? That's what it said, brother. Y'all, are we a always kind of rejoicers? Are we a in everything giving thanks? Let's go. Somebody read Philippians 4, 6, 7. Not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. How many situations be? Every. Mm-hmm. By prayer and petition. But what it got to be sprinkled with? Ooh, put a little Thanksgiving, Tony Shasheries, little Lowry's in there. Hey, even my prayer, I got to season that thing with a little Thanksgiving. Keep going, B. But what now what happens when we when we fight the devil who's feeding us anxiety? What happens when even when we pray, we say, but you know what? I don't have this yet. It's barren. There ain't no grapes. But hey, God, I thank you. I trust you. You have my life in your hands. Now, what what does God promise us? I got to have, I, I cannot live any other, you, you want to know how I praise like a maniac? Because I believe this is true. I believe this is the most true thing in the world. That as I fight with all my heart, not to process, not to understand my inner self, as I fight anxiety with all my heart, and it be whooping my behind sometimes, but I'm still swinging. I fight it, and, and I'm crying out to God with thanksgiving. I believe what God's word said is true, that in my most anxious, depressed, nastiest moments, I am not forsaken. As a matter of fact, he says, I'm coming to you, brother, with peace. I'm coming to you. I'm going to give you peace that this world knows not. Y'all believe that, y'all. Do you believe it? That this is the, the sweet culmination of the dialogical conversational relationship. That as we commit ourselves to the language of praise, 
He says, I'm going to be able to communicate back to you with my presence of peace. It's really just, to me, another side of what Sierra read in Second Chronicles. It's like that presence again. It's like, hey, I don't even need to say nothing. My presence is here. Rest. Be at peace. I got homework for you. Um, I want you to do two things. I want you to find a verse of instant praise. I used to call them epi verses, where literally when, you, when you're anxious and you're wrestling, what, what's a go-to first that you can just boom, pop in there real quick? It's like bang, bang, bang. All right, let's get, get that heart back recentered, trust in God, right? But this, get you one of those verses, but then this is, I'm thinking more, more, this is more of a proactive verse. This is more positive and affirmative that you can just repeat throughout the day, throughout the years. God, I praise you because, Exodus 15, you are my strength and you are my song. And when your day just seems to be stalling out, it just seems to be rote and going through routine, pop that praise into that day and get that heart serving the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with thanksgiving, right? Get you one verse, get you a couple verses that, that can ignite your language of praise. And then I want you, secondarily, I want you to get some time, take some time. Before we come back next week, I want you to write your own little psalm of praise from your own heart, from your own experience, where you are. Take a, you could look at the shortest psalm there is. You can write two, you can write whatever you want to, but from your heart, what is your, your prayer of thanks to God, right? Your, your offering of praise. That's what I want you to do. Um, real quick, let's just close our eyes. Just want you to think in a couple ways. I promise you. Once again, we started with two to three. Let's close with two to three. I want you to think about the redemptive historical language of praise, Old Testament to New Testament. This loud exaltation, this jubilant uh, form of communication, this heart posture of gratitude and thanksgiving that sometimes is not based on the reality of what we see in Habakkuk, but it's always based in faith that even that what I don't see is more real than what is in front of me. So I can always have praise on my lips that even in the midst of uh, work situations that you are not excited about going back to tomorrow, even in the midst of relational strife that you are in right now, I don't want to go back to my house and deal with wife, roommate, kids. Even in the midst of it, hard financial situations, what is your choice now? 